The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right, everybody's noticed uh, a rise in gas prices. We're going to talk to you at Dan McTeague. We had planned to have him on at uh, right now, but we're going to push him back to 335 and have him then. Um, I'll still be here. So exciting. Not that you couldn't handle it, Brad, but I, no. I'm i excited to talk to yeah, him. Yeah, me too. I really, and obviously our listeners are excited for us to talk to him as well. They based, have questions. Based we on have the questions. text that we're receiving. Yeah. But you know what? That gives us an opportunity to continue on a little bit with the topic we were just on about Samsung phones and their, for whatever reason, some kind of freaky thing happening where they're sending pictures. So you know how we all suspect, I think, this is a generalization, but it's true. Uh, We all suspect that our phone and our other technical devices are spying on us. Right. And we all suspect that because we have a conversation about something and then suddenly there's an ad for a product similar to that on our phone or television or whatever, right? On our, well, not on our television, on our our laptop. So there's a uh, study been done by Northeastern University, and they set out to determine exactly that because so many people believe that to be true that they set out to study it. So what they did is they looked at 17,260 Android apps. So the apps themselves, 17,000 of them, and specifically paid attention to the media files being sent from them to see if your phone is indeed spying on you. And what they determined was a definite yes and no. What they basically determined was there's stuff going on with your apps that you're not aware of, but it's not spying on you in a conventional sense. So it's not, there's no team of people in a back room somewhere. With a headset With a headset listening to your conversation. They're not picking your phone according to this study and running through all of your pictures to see what you have. But what it is doing, though, is sending information which they consider to be uh, helpful to you as a uh, Android user to help you. So those ads, for example. So you're interested in remote control helicopters. Well, let's put three ads for remote control helicopters because we've all done that, right? You Especially when you're in talk radio, because you Google the weirdest stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? And then for the next week, you get ads for that. In some workplaces with the things I've Googled to try to track down a story, (laughs) I could get fired in some workplaces. But (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? You you combine a a few words together into a Google search because you're you're kind of at your last resort to try to find Mm -hmm. something or someone or what have you. And you look back and you think, what did I type that out for? What was I looking for? And if your your team, your IT team, or your boss said, I oh, want to yeah. check your history, they'd go, what the hell was that for? And I wouldn't even have an answer. And, and you know what, Brad? That's actually an excellent point. Before I tell you exactly the quote from the study, but that's an excellent point. There is no expectation of privacy, though, when it comes to your work computer or any work-issued device, right? So oftentimes we think, for example, that our desktop computer at work is spying on us you know what? Probably. Oh, yeah. Probably. Your employer probably is using some algorithm to crawl through, or they have certain sites or types of sites which will be identified to them if you're going to them, or games. Well, I was uh, at one point, prior to being the producer on this show, 
I was doing reporting and I was looking into <laughs> pedophiles. Oh, great. So it's so hard to carefully search that yes, at work, right? Yes. The last thing I need is being on my computer and somebody walking by and seeing either that search entry yeah. or something that comes up that I had obviously not anticipated to come up or hoped to have come up, but it was just part of a search I was doing into somebody that had been uh, accused mm -hmm. of, of, a, of terrible crimes, and I was trying to track down this person's identity. And I just remember some of the Google searches I, were, I was doing I felt I felt awkward even typing it out, but it's just part of the job. And mm -hmm. my point being, if this was in another work environment, if I was working at an office department or right. or what have you, it would be in my office. You're done. Right. See you later. Well, and there's no context to the search, right? So right. somebody's sitting in Toronto, because I say Toronto because Chorus is headquartered in right. Toronto. Yep. Somebody sitting in Toronto who gets a report on nefarious sites would get a report that you searched or went to this site, but they would have no context as to why. But I would assume, of course, a pretty smart organization, I would assume that they would make follow a up on that. Make a phone call first yeah. before sending an email to our boss saying, you need to fire Brad Whisker. He was looking into <laughs> yeah. pedophilia in some capacity. What's wrong with him? Get him out of there. So here's the deal on the Northeastern research. What they said was, um, this is not a quote, but general uh, observation. They didn't fully debunk the eavesdropping uh, portion of it. They're just saying they couldn't find any evidence of it happening. So that's not the same thing. No. They didn't say, look, we categorically are telling you nobody's listening to you. They just said we couldn't find it when studying 17,260 Android apps. Here's what they said specifically. Our study reveals several alarming privacy risks in the Android app ecosystem, including apps that over-provision their media permissions and apps that share image and video data with other parties in unexpected way without users' knowledge or consent. We also identify a previously unreported privacy risk that arises from third-party libraries that record and upload screenshots and videos of the screen without informing the user. This can occur without needing any per permission from the user. So the kind of thing that they're talking about varies from, you know, grabbing screen, you know, shots and sending them somewhere. Um, but it also would be, you know, Facebook, for example, where it says uh, this year or a year ago today, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So they're grabbing a picture of yours, but you didn't, well, you did give them permission when you uploaded it to Facebook, you granted permission, right? Yes. But you didn't grant them permission to publish that memory. No, right? exactly. And those, I get those all the time. People favorite a memory of mine. Well, I didn't publish that memory. No, that was right? not your choice. Right. It was not my choice to put that back up on my feed again. And since I don't know how they determine what I consider to be a great memory, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that yeah. picture of you partying with your buddy from Calgary, they may consider that to be a great memory. You might want to consider that. Or imagine if you were now in a marriage and five years ago, here's a great memory. You with the woman you used to date. Right. And I've seen that happen to people. I've, I saw that happen to a friend not too long ago where it was six years together or something like that. Or six years ago, you went on your first date. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, really? That was the first of a hundred, but after <laughs> there was no 101st date. I remember date. that date. She dumped me that night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can almost see it in her eyes. Oh, yeah. If you focus right in, it's like, yeah, there it is. And I can see the hate. <laughs> I didn't catch it that night. 
Yeah, in brackets, they zoom in on her eyes. <laughs> and you see the people in the background looking scared. Well, they picked up on it. Yeah. Uh, while we're still on the topic, before we take our first break, I've complained about Instagram on this show and sounded like an old fuddy-duddy. And in talking to Jay Lynn, she's not much help with this because she's not really into Instagram, and she didn't really understand my concern. But I was saying that I didn't really understand Instagram, that I want to get into it, but I don't really understand it. And I couldn't verbalize at the time why I don't understand it. But now, having seen what Instagram is doing, uh, and other people have complained, I understand now what it is that annoys me about Instagram. I don't get it. Like, I get these notifications that somebody has done something, and then I click on it, and I don't know why that would be of any interest to me, and I don't know when it was posted, and and so I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand how to get my post on your feed if I want you to see it. Right. So, first of all, Jaylen says she's not that into Instagram. Mm. Just opened her account. And? 419 posts. Oh. 1,270 followers. Oh. Following 993 people. Well, maybe I'm just not that into Jaylen's Instagram account. Brad Whisker. Yes. 89 posts. <laughs> 151 followers. <laughs> 256 following. You tell me. Who is Check mine. What's mine? More, I'm comedian Andrew Gross. More or less into Instagram myself. I don't understand it. I think the last picture I posted was of a lizard in Mexico. So what are you trying to get at, though, with, like, what, where, well, where are we going with the Instagram? Instagram chat? is changing the way they advise you of, of content. So what they're doing, uh, they've changed the algorithm for its news feed from chronological to one based on engagement. So what they have been doing, what they had done is they would show you posts that they thought you'd be most interested in, but those posts may or may not be from today. It's so, so annoying. Yeah, so you don't so even annoying. understand why why are my why are you showing me this and where did my post go? Like that right. kind of thing. So now what they're saying they're still going to do that, um, but they'll put a check mark at the bottom of your feed. This is a feature called You're All Caught Up. So now when you open up your Instagram account and start paging through those pictures, when you get to a check mark, you'll know that okay, that's all the new stuff you hadn't seen before. Oh, nice. Everything after that you've probably seen. So you don't have to keep because that's what I find myself doing. I keep paging through Instagram going, what am I looking for here? Yeah. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to be doing with this. So, Andrew Gross. Yes. At comedian Andrew Gross yes. on Instagram. I follow everybody who follows me on Instagram. Mm. Do, do I And not? then some. Oh, I have more, I follow more than follow me? Yes. Oh, that's embarrassing. Okay. It's new to you. Yeah. <laughs> 18 posts. Oh, is that all? 251 followers. Oh. 293 following. Your last post... <laughs> yes, was? In Vegas. Okay. Some awkward selfie, you doing the rocks people eye, people's eyebrow, and, and a picture of your forehead with your chest hair flowing through your shirt. Oh, I remember that. Do you? Yeah, we were at the uh, Misbehave... Uh, yeah, I remember that one now. We were at the uh, Misbehave uh, comedy show or something. I don't remember what it was called. The Misbehave game show. That's what it was called. Where the first person to send a selfie to them got a point for their team. Oh, okay. But I have uh, taken a total of one selfie in my life, and that was it. So I didn't really know how to do it. It's so I sort of got my forehead. Two posts prior to that. Okay. Again, at comedian Andrew Gross. Yeah. All of you can go check this lovely oh, picture out. Please don't. Have you ever woken up in the morning during a Vegas trip to check your texts, and you find a pic of two half-naked cowboys spanking you on the Vegas Strip, asking for a friend? As you're bent over on the strip hmm. with your hand covering your mouth and two cowboys awkwardly patting your bottom. Hey, I remember that. 
I posted that? You did. Well, Ask if you want to see it, do it, do it quickly, because I'm deleting my account. All right, 2.48 on the 6.30. Chad, afternoon news. <laughs> this text, what's going on in Vegas, Andrew, should stay in Vegas. Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely don't remember putting that on Instagram. I do not, no. but I do remember taking the picture. Right. My wife took the picture, actually, and I yeah. do remember. I thought I tweeted it, but maybe I Instagrammed it instead. You're just trying to increase that follower level there on Instagram. That's well, what the it thing was is, that's, you know what my problem with Instagram is? I don't know what to say to go along with a picture on Instagram, but somehow I know what to say with a tweet. Like, I, I, I don't understand it. And every time I... The other problem is I get criticized by my daughter every time I do something on Instagram. She follows me, and... That's nice of her. Yeah, well, I mean, you pretty much have to. But she'll be like, you didn't do it right. Like, the, the you can't put a link to a website. You have to put hashtags. You know, like, she is so critical of my Instagram presence. I mean, I know she's trying to help me, but... So, yeah, I, I just don't really understand how Instagram works. Well, hey, right or wrong, mm -hmm. that picture garnered you 36 likes. 36 likes? Is oh, that, that good? That's pretty good, based on your follower base. If I only have, what, 200 followers, 200 36 and, likes is pretty good? some, yeah. It's 18%? Sure. Yeah. I'd take that in 18%. Why not? Sure. That's not bad. Uh, hey, speaking of things that are uh, not bad, and since uh, we've moved off of uh, tech talk, but we are still talking about social media, I was tweeting last night about this movie. Which and do you remember we had the topic the uh, one day you were in? Yeah, last Friday. Was it last Friday? We we're yeah. talking about the worst movies ever made, and you threw best this out. Worst, the best worst movies. Yes. You threw this out, and I said I'd never heard of it. Right. So last night we had a little bit of a family uh, sit down, um, as we often do. We ate supper together, but we ate in front of the TV. I'll say it. Um, Good. My six hundred pound life was not new, because I guess it's, it was Independence Day in uh, the states. So given that that premiere programming was not available to us, um, we said we should watch a bad movie. It's just we're a quirky kind of family. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Maddie threw out The Room, and I remembered that when we did that show, that topic, you had said, well, what about The Room? And I said I hadn't heard of it, right? And then other people were confusing it with Room, which is completely different, right? Very different. Right. <laughs> Much more critically acclaimed. So we watched The Room last night. I'm telling you, folks, you have not lived a full life if you have not watched The Room. And I would have, at your ready, it's on Netflix, but if you don't have Netflix, find some other way to get it, uh, the follow-up to The Room, which is not a sequel, but an explanation in ways, um, The Disaster Artist, which is the movie about the making of The Room. It answers no questions. In fact, it creates a few new ones. But back to back, we, I went to bed at 3 in the morning. <laughs> hey man we watched it we stopped it we replayed por portions of it we discussed it yeah and then you went into the deep dive online yes and I did. started reading every aspect that went into the making of the movie <laughs> yes i did the disaster artist yes. who the actors were where yes, they are now exactly yeah you did that you I, fell into a serious rabbit hole i went down night. to a rabbit hole so deep that I'm not sure I'm even me. I think I might be still down it. So you you went to bed at three. Yeah. This discovery process you went on that probably started at midnight. Uh, earlier. I there think, you go. Well, we had supper at like eight or so, and as the movie began, uh, much to the chagrin of my wife, I was on my phone, sort of googling things because I'm like, what is this? I'm watching. Like ten minutes in, I'm like, 
I don't understand what I'm watching right now. <laughs> right? And then I, then I found out about the, whatever the other movie is, The Disaster Artist, and then Carol was like, pause the movie. Like, and so, you know, if you're going to do research, I'm like, well, just... I have to know how this got made. Yeah. Because this guy, he wrote it, directed it, produced it, he edited it. He has no background of any of that. Well, wasn't the budget something like 10, 20 grand tops? No. $6 million was the final. He had no budget. When he went to make the film, right? Uh, they said, what's your budget? And he was like, I, whatever it costs. And they said, how many days are you going to film? And he goes, how many ever days it takes to film it? So in the end, and we don't, we still, nobody to this day and time knows where he got his money from or what that odd accent of his is or what his background is, where he comes from, anything. He claims to be from New Orleans, but he has, that accent is not Narland's. Six million is what it cost. Listen to this fact. And again, I know too much about this movie now. It opened in one theater in California and gross in the opening weekend Eighteen hundred dollars. That's where I'm getting this low number from. Yeah, it was eighteen hundred dollars was the gross. Yeah, it was. That's what I was thinking right. about. He then kept it in the theater at his own expense. He paid the theater to keep it in the theater for two weeks, so it would qualify for an Academy Award nomination, yeah. which it has <laughs> had no hope. The, the the now the movie the disaster artist about that movie garnered some Golden Globes. I don't know that it got a, an Oscar, but didn't get an Oscar. No, got a Golden Globe and Tommy Wiseau. That's the guy. He showed up at the Golden Globes. Really? He started to speak, and James Franco big-timed him and oh, really? pushed him out of the way as no if way. to say, you were in the original, pal. <laughs> this we is made, about me. We made the movie about you, which is so much better, <laughs> and just totally made a disgrace of Tommy Wiseau, who is a legend. Yes, it's, it's got a cult following now. Apparently it plays, I've been told, in theaters across North America. It's since more than brought back the $6 million, like tenfold or more. Because of how gloriously because, bad it was. Yes. It's sort of, think of Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is a far better movie. Right. But it's got that kind of cult following where people will go to a theater and shout out stuff and throw things. And it's got all of that. Yep. It's like a, it, it's a, in, no, in no way is it anything like Rocky Horror Picture Show plot wise because Rocky Horror Picture Show actually had a plot. And right. that's the thing. This thing has absolutely really no plot to it. No, but the, the night that you can go here in Edmonton, I forget the exact date it's in october and mm. it's at the garneau oh. and it's the same kind of feeling in the theater is bad lines certain moments things are shouted out or chanted the whole the, really it's packed i haven't I, been myself but i'm gonna tell heard... you right now that if it's in october and i'm gonna look into that because i didn't find that i'm gonna look into that because if it happens to fall on a day in which the edmonton comedy festival is running i am going to beg on bended knee that the Garneau allows me to make that part of the Edmonton Comedy Festival because it is truly the most entertaining thing I have ever watched in my life. It's so horrifically bad. It feels like you're about to waste your time because you've been told so often that yes. it's so bad. Yes. But it's but so incredibly bad. It still meets and exceeds your expectations. It does because you were in tears laughing so hard at yes. how bad it is. Yes, we had to we had to pause it and go back 30 seconds to allow ourselves to hear some of the dialogue because we were laughing so hard. And and like I say, there's no plot, there's no continuity. The the errors are so obvious. 
And, you know, when you do a movie, there's a continuity coordinator or more than one, and they'll look at everything. And they'll look at, if you have a cigarette in your hand, they'll measure the length of that cigarette so that if they have to film the scene again or when they film a master or another angle, they'll cut the cigarette and relight it to make sure that that finite detail is there. They look at mail and make sure that the stamp has been cancelled. Like, But none of that happened in this movie. It's funny you mention that, actually. Just the other day, I was watching an episode of Sopranos, which I will admit I've watched through about four or five times. Great show to watch again, yeah. It is one of it is my favorite show of all time period there was a scene tony was eating and the plate was turned around when they cut back from carmela his wife and it irritated me to no end really? because it's just it's a classic show and you talk about these showrunners yep. and everybody else yep. involved and i thought how did you miss that the plate was the opposite yep. way and it must have just been the way one person looked at it compared to the other maybe the right was the left and the left was mm-hmm. the right but man, I just I couldn't get I over know. it because it's such a good show and it's amazing that they missed it. Uh, just uh, for the record, uh, and I know you already know this because you're faithful listeners of the show, uh, there is no continuity to this show whatsoever. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.